12 says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, 
which is your spiritual worship. Worship begins with a surrendered heart. And there are many ways to worship our God. And in our community, uh, we have a group of people who do not have the ability to hear. And yet they join us every weekend to worship with us in the way that they know how. And I get a view of this every week. So today I thought maybe you guys should get to see what I see every week. So Tracy from our deaf community is here. And she's going to lead us in worship today. And I want to invite you to worship with us and Tracy. Through the storm, 
I'm so glad you guys joined us today. We're only getting started here. This is just the beginning. There's more to come. Hope you guys came with some great expectations because I believe that God's going to fill them. My name is DK, if we've never met before, and around you guys are some amazing people. Would you guys take the next 60 seconds to say hello, meet some new friends. Go. Hey, Mariners Church, hope that you're having a great week and enjoying this special worship experience weekend as we conclude our Summer Wisdom Series. And I want to make sure that you don't miss next weekend. We're going to be jumping into a new message series on the book of Joshua and the promised life that God has for us. Kenton is going to be introducing our new senior pastor, Eric Geiger. It's going to be awesome. And then we have a special welcome home party on Sunday at four o'clock. If you can be here, please don't miss it. We're going to introduce the new senior pastor and his family, and we're going to have a ton of great things as a family party for you. So don't miss that. You can check that out online. Hope that you have a great week. Good morning, everybody. Before we go any further, would you do me a favor? Would you say thank you to this incredible band that we have? Come on. Oh, hey, what's happening? Hi, everybody. My name's Russell. Uh, I'm the music director here and part of the worship staff. I know the uh, questionably tight jeans and the black outfit probably gave it away that I'm part of the worship staff here. And it's my honor to be able to welcome you today and this weekend. Uh, if it's your hundredth time here, welcome back. If it's your first time, we're so glad you're here. Thank you for joining us. And uh, we'd love to get to know you a little bit more. You can find us on the patio at the Welcome Center in the booths out there. And we'd love to say hi, get your name, and see if there's any other way that we can get you connected here at Mariners. Uh, of course, the best way to get connected here at Mariners is a little thing we like to call Rooted. How many people here have been through Rooted? Any Rooted grads? What up? A bunch of whoop-de-whoops because you know how great it is. Whoop-de-whoops. Uh, Rooted is a 10-week journey that connects your story uh, with uh, God's uh, design for your life and purpose for your life. And the beautiful thing about Rooted is that uh, you don't go through it alone. It's not just a study you do by yourself, but you do it in community. We are designed by God to go through life together and in community. And not to live in rows, but to live in circles, knee to knee and face to face. And you get to go through this journey uh, together with other people on the journey. It's a beautiful thing. So if you haven't been through it, we encourage you to sign up. You can sign up on the patio or online. Um, and if you've been through Rooted, if you're a Rooted grad, uh, and you're not currently in a life group, we have uh, series groups starting in the next few weeks with a new series that we're starting on the story of Joshua. Um, and you can sign up and get more information on the, line, uh, on the patio as well. Uh, in your bulletin, there's a Group Connect card. Um, that's a great way. If you fill that out, you can drop it in the offering boxes or give it to somebody on the patio. It's a great way to get signed up for that. Uh, one of the ways that we worship here at Mariners is through giving. We are so greatly blessed. Our God is such a generous and giving and good God, and we are called to be generous in return. And it's not because God needs our money, but it is a way, one of the ways in which God teaches us and designs and, and molds our heart and re-aims our heart uh, 
to be more sacrificial in serving and to see the needs in the community around us and the way he can greater ease us. So if you're not, uh, we'd like to invite you on the great adventure of giving. There are giving boxes at the back of the room, or you can give online like my wife and I do. We give online, um, and it's an easy way to do that. Well, happy Labor Day. It's Labor Day. Or Labor Day weekend, I guess, is what it is. Anybody got big plans tomorrow? No, everyone's, just, everyone's back in school already. There's nothing really going on. I'm going to grill and drink all the Pamplemousse LaCroix I can get my hands on. Any Pamplemousse fans out there? I know it means grapefruit. I know it's just fun to say Pamplemousse. My wife's here. I, I often will say, she'll say, what, what, do you want to, what do you want to drink? I'll say, oh, grab me a Pamplemousse. And she just shakes her head. She just... Gee, this thinks it's ridiculous. Uh, but it's uh, the end of summer with uh, uh, Labor Day weekend, but it's an exciting time because that means it is time for fall to kick off. And it's a very exciting time uh, in Mariners in this fall. So uh, Joe's got a little more information about that. Check this out. Hey, thanks so much, Russell and Mariners. I hope that you're having a great weekend. But it's next weekend I want to invite you to because we're going to be launching our new message series on the book of Joshua. And it's all about the promised life that God invites us into. Ken will be kicking off that series and he's going to be introducing live our new senior pastor, Eric Geiger. We know that God has been so evident in this process of selecting Eric and Kay, and we're so excited for you to get to know them. And if that wasn't enough, we're throwing a party for you and for the Geigers. It's going to be a welcome home party at 4 o'clock on September 9th here in the Worship Center. We're going to hear from Kenton. We're going to hear from Eric. We're going to interview him. We get to ask him a bunch of questions. And we're going to worship and pray together. After that, we're all going out on the lawn for some free dinner and dessert, all sorts of great activities and fun for the whole family. You don't want to miss our welcome home party September 9th from 4 to 6. Back to you, Russell. Thank you, Joe. Yes, exciting, exciting times here at Mariners uh, this fall and in the coming weeks with our new senior pastors coming. Um, and there's so many events coming on, you won't want to miss it. God is at move in our church. Amen? I mean, we see God moving in so many ministries in so many ways, um, and we are so excited to be a part of what God's doing in and through this church right now. And not only at our campus here in Irvine, but at our other campuses, our other Mariner's Church campuses, and also in the local church, God's church, he is at work. And to tell us a little bit more about another opportunity about that is our friends Matt and Bianca Oltoff. Say hi. Good morning, church. Hi. Uh, it's such an honor to be back here, uh, back at Mariners. We've been part of the staff for 13 years. My name is Matt. This is Bianca. And Pastor Kenton uh, just invited us to come up here and share with you a little of the exciting news. Uh, we launch a brand new church in Anaheim, California next weekend. We're so excited to tell you about it. It's been an honor and a privilege to sit under Pastor Kenton and the leadership here and just see what God can do with willing hearts and people who are earnestly and honestly seeking after Jesus. So we kind of hit a road, an impasse, if you will, when we realized that we didn't have a sense of community. And so um, I'm Latina and I didn't know how to build community other than like feeding people. And so we opened up our house and we just started inviting people. I like, invited my yoga instructor and he invited some bartender at a restaurant nearby and we invited our neighbors and people just started coming over. And we started um, opening up God's word and having food and dynamic life-changing conversations happened around a dinner table, which... Go figure. Jesus had amazing, life-changing conversations around the dinner table. 
Well, what came out of that was prayer and worship nights. We firmly believe that revival doesn't happen unless we are on our knees and we are worshiping God passionately Amen. in spirit and in truth. And so that's what we did. We've been going into the community. Matt will talk about why Anaheim, but we've been going into the community and we have been seeing amazing things happen. Like literally, we've been passing out invites and a girl had a 12-pack of beer. She's in tears. She just broke up with her boyfriend and in like novella form, we invite her to church and she wants to be part of the launch team and some people are like what's a novella it's a soap opera okay just very dramatic we've had people come in off the streets and get saved and see their life transformed we've had over 35 people say yes to Jesus just by meeting once a month and having worship nights and so we are very very excited and we'd love to talk to you a little bit more about that yeah and that's and that's our heart we, we were kind of we didn't see ourselves as church planners and so we kind of started doing research on what does it look like to plant a church? And planting churches is actually the fastest way people come to know Jesus Christ. And what we discovered in Orange County is that about 92% of Orange County does not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so we want to build a church that is inviting people in to discover freedom and life in Him. And so we're ex so excited to be launching next week. As Bianca said, we've seen God do incredible things already. Um, and why Anaheim? We, we figure, you know, Anaheim is this place where... Um, the entertainment hub, you have Disneyland, you have the Angel Stadium, you have Honda Center, you have the millennials moving into this area, you have all these things colliding in what I think is going to be the capital of Orange County. And so we want to be in the middle of that where we can truly reach that community and see them come to know Jesus Christ. Yeah. So the vision that when we said, finally said yes, the vision that we believe that God has given us was three tens, uh, ten, 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 ten churches in 10 cities reaching 10,000 people within Orange County. And so we would love to give you guys more information. It was actually Pastor Kenton who called and invited us and said, hey, you tell them, anyone in North Orange County, Tustin, Fullerton, Anaheim, um, invite Brea, invite them to come be part of Father's House. And so we have a, a welcome home party next Sunday, 5 p.m., September 9th at 5 p.m. We invite your friends, invite your loved ones. If you're not in the area but you have loved ones there, make sure and invite them. Come on out to, uh, we'll have information out in the back booth or you can visit our website tfhoc or on social media instagram twitter and facebook but on behalf of matt and i we love pastor kenton and Lori and the pastoral staff and everything <laughs> you, uh, you need to know this we get to do this because of your generosity um, that's the kind of church that Mariners is, and so we're excited to partner with you and excited to see what God's going to do in the next coming, coming weeks as we launch in Anaheim. So, I'm thank the you. emotional one, so sorry. <laughs> thank you, Matt Bianca. Well, if you've been around Mariners, you know that uh, we often say that we take God very seriously, but we don't take ourselves very seriously, and our worship staff is no exception. Check out this video. Are you wondering why your worship experience is lukewarm? I'm here to teach you some basic moves and tactics to take your worship experience from what a bother to good, good father. Now when the first song starts, that's the clapper. Don't feel the need to get into this one too much. Save your energy for the bangers come in song three and four. There's no shadow he won't light up to make the darkness tremble to catch my drift. Now that we're settled in the sanctuary, it's time to show you some moves. First up, we have the meat tenderizer. Make a fist with one hand and keep the other one open. You get the feeling and movement of clapping without all that nasty sound. Next up, we've got the dad dash. 
Dads, are you ready to get to brunch at Denny's? Well, keep your keys in the praise hand that's up and keep your eyes peeled for the safest and fastest exit route. Ran out the door so fast that you forgot to put on deodorant? Not to worry. Keep your elbows tucked down, but keep those praise hands up. Now for some rapid fire moves that anyone can do. High-fiving angels, the vlogger. It's too loud. Slick Rick. Napoleon Dynamite. Dirty Dancing. The Woke 2018 Team. <laughs> wow, how fun was that? Hey, we hope this video has given you some great tips and tricks on how to take your worship experience to the next level. Here's one more pro tip. If you don't like a song and you don't want it to be sung again, just cross your arms in front of you with a disapproving look. The worship leader should catch your drift. Anyways, I'm Phil Witcham. Until next time, stay worshiping, my friends. You cross your arms at Mariners and we take it as one more song, so use it at your own peril. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Uh, today, our worship team has taken over the service and we are sp speaking about worship. We're gonna do a little bit of teaching and I'm so excited to uh, partner with my bros, Colby and Darius today. And I've been told, I've been told that each of us have 40 minutes. So I hope you guys brought some popcorn. And if you're trying to escape, uh, the security guards have, have this place on lockdown, so buckle up and enjoy. Um, so glad you guys are here. We're going to barely scratch the surface today of John chapter 4, which is a foundational passage for us as a Mariner's worship staff. That's where our vision and values come from. And it's a passage that I feel like we could spend a whole year talking about, but we're going to just do our best job with the time that we have and just trust and believe that God's spirit's going to move and he's going to speak and it's going to be a powerful morning. Worship, as you guys know, is our response to who God is and what he has done. Worship is the most integrated thing that we can do as human beings. We were created to worship, and this is a space where mind, body, and soul come together, and God meets us in that place. Uh, the psalmist says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Contrary to popular belief, worship is not the warm-up act to the message. Come on. Worship is not the end credits to signal when it's time to leave the auditorium. Not that I'm saying anybody does that here. I'm just saying. Um, worship is not just about singing. And that's good news for you non-musicians, right? Because worship is the giving up of our bodies and it's where a surrendered life encounters the living God. Come on. Um, worship changed my life. Um, I've been married to Sadie for almost 13 years now. October is our anniversary. Thank you very much. And together we have two kids, Micah and Isla. And this is a picture of us on a normal day. Okay. And um, as with any, yeah, my daughter's face is the best, right? Like, <laughs> uh, as with any love story or marriage, ours hasn't been perfect. There's a ton of hiccups along the way. And the way we started is no different. Uh, in fact, when I first started pursuing Sadie, she wanted no part of me. And maybe it was because I came across a little bit too eager, or as the kids say, I came across a little thirsty. Um, I don't know what that is. Um, but she was a junior at UCLA. I was a senior at Harvard of the West Coast, UC Irvine. Come on. Zot, zot. 
And uh, I ended up pursuing Sadie for eight months. And the reason it took so long is because she kept putting me in what's called the friend zone. And just in case you've never been there, the friend zone is not a happy place. It's relationship purgatory. And for me, it was absolute hell. So, but how many of you guys know that God is the God of miracles? God, God causes the blind eyes to see. And the turning point came when we, uh, when I was invited to lead worship for a high school camp on Catalina Island of all places. And they said I could bring whoever I wanted to be a part of my band and to sing with me. So guess who I asked to come sing with me? The wisdom of worship at work, right? So I got to tell you, from the very first note, it was almost like the heavens opened up. The angels joined us. Mermaids came to the surface of Catalina Island. And together we experienced the power of God like never before. By the end of the week, many kids had given their lives to Jesus. People were encountering God's presence. And the way that Sadie would talk to me, the way that she would interact with me, the way she would look at me had completely shifted. And the rest, as they say, is history. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> um, so what's the moral of the story? You worship in God's house, you will find yourself a spouse. <laughs> Come on, who receives that word this morning? Who, who receives it? Come on. Yes. Faith-filled church here. Great. Um, in all seriousness, worship is God's gift to us. It's the space where we can experience God's presence and power. The living God comes to meet with us. Uh, my hope for us today is that God would uh, ex expand and increase our understanding and our definition of worship. Um, and, and therefore allow us to have a fuller experience of his love. A fuller experience of his grace and his greatness. Um, the beginning of John chapter 4, which is our text for this morning, is a story of Jesus and the woman at the well. Jesus intentionally walks through the city of Samaria knowing that he would have an encounter, have a chance to speak with a woman of ill reputation. She had had five husbands, and the person that she was living with now was not her husband. She had grown so accustomed to living an isolated life, she had counted herself out of any degree of real love or intimacy. She had grown distant. And Jesus, knowing where she would be, and knowing that she would be alone, asked her for a drink of water. And, and this is where we pick up the story in verse 7. It's a long passage, so uh, bear with me. And in fact, I, I got so thirsty right now, I've got to take a drink of water real quick. Here we go. Okay. So, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. So the Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. 
Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Skipping forward, sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Holy Spirit, we invite you into the space. We invite you to speak to every mind and heart. Would you cause us to have a greater understanding and experience of your love this morning? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, this is a story about a God who is drawn to those who feel most distant from him. And perhaps today as you're sitting in church, you're one of those people. You feel distant. You feel disqualified. You feel far away. And yet you're the very person that Jesus wants to talk to this morning. Uh, we see from Jesus that spirit and truth worship is an invitation to get close so that God can close the distance. It's an invitation to get close so that God can close the distance. Jesus gets close to close the distance between some great divides that we see even today. We see it from the text and even today, in 2018, we see these things. We see that there is male and female inequality. Jesus gets close and he invites us to do the same. Jews don't associate with Samaritans. There is racial discrimination and division. Jesus gets close and he invites us to do the same. There is a debate about the correct way to worship. Some of us prefer more of a, a louder approach. The Pentecostal way is the way to go. Some of us, we prefer a little bit more quiet, liturgical service. And yet in both, Jesus draws close to the believer and he invites us to do the same. Oftentimes we compartmentalize and we like to separate our, our emotions from our thoughts. Some of us are, are big time feelers. We love to feel things. And yet some of us are big time thinkers. Some of us are afraid to feel things. Some of us would rather not think. And yet God says, you will worship me in spirit and in truth. Jesus draws close and he invites us to do the same. Jesus closed the greatest divide that ever existed. It's the one between us and God. Jesus chose to get close by giving up his divine privilege to come down to earth to live as a man. And the Bible says that he was a carpenter, he was an average Joe. He became acquainted with all the pain, all the joy. He knows what the common cold feels like. He probably had bad breath in the morning. He, you know, there, he went through everything that we went through as human beings and he can relate to every part of who we are. And though he lived a perfect life, the Bible says that he died a criminal's death on the cross for our sins. And because he resurrected from the dead and he conquered the power of death once and for all, he closed that distance between us and God once and for all. Yes, that's worth celebrating. And so we have this resurrected king, the creator of the universe, who wants to draw close. He invites you to draw close 
so that he can close the distance. Colossians 1, 21 to 22 says this, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. The surprise is that spirit and truth worship encompasses so much more than we would ever realize. Worship is the most integrated thing that we do. That is why we, Mariner's Church, how many of you guys know, by the way, that we are a worshiping church? We're a worshiping church. And because we are a worshiping church that worships in spirit and in truth, that's why we, we not only embrace the diversity of cultures and races, we actually pursue it. That is why we have amazing women leaders and pastors in our church. That is why we are passionate about outreach and foster care. That's why we engage tough issues and address the societal and cultural division in our country. We don't shy away from these things. We run to them. That is why we highly encourage you to join Rooted because we were wired for community and church and family was meant to be experienced in circles, not rows. That's why we sing and we like our music loud. It's all because Jesus invites us to get close. And when we get close, he closes the distance and we can't help but worship him. It's simply our response. That's how we worship. So last week in worship, we talked about how we can begin to worship in spirit and in truth. And I, I believe that it's it, quite simply, it's about coming from a place of thanksgiving. What has God done? Who is he? How has he revealed himself to you? And then the next thing is, how can you be honest about what you're going through, what you see in this world, what you see around you? Where are you in need of his presence? Where are you thirsty? So two things, where are you thankful? Where are you thirsty? Having moved from the Midwest to California, I'm amazed at the beauty that surrounds me living in Orange County. The canyons, the mountains, the ocean, the manicured parks throughout the cities, the beautiful people from many nations living in one of the most wealthy areas of the world, California, a land of dreamers. One could assume or come to believe that when you're surrounded by status and success and beauty, that it would bring fulfillment to your soul. The problem with that mindset is that dry seasons often give the outward perception that everything is perfect, but I'm dying on the inside. Dry seasons look like everything is great, but my soul is dry and thirsty. The passage of John chapter four is full of unexpected encounters. Jesus, a Jew, goes to Samaria and in that time, Jews and Samaritans didn't speak to each other. Jesus, the son of man, speaking to a woman of poor reputation. Jesus, a well, sitting by a well. Have you ever wondered why Jesus would even bother with this woman? Why would he have a conversation with her at all? Maybe you've asked the question, why would God ever bother with somebody like me? But everything that Jesus did was done with purpose and on purpose. So up until this point in the story, the conversation with Jesus and the Samaritan woman has been about water. But the dialogue was a setup. 
And the conversation shifts from physical thirst to spiritual thirst. Jesus said, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. The Samaritan woman now realizes this is no longer a conversation about water, but a prophetic encounter for her soul. Where she physically goes to fill her spiritual thirst will never fulfill the desire she has for her soul. The Samaritan woman is thirsty and ashamed. The truth is, Everyone is thirsty. It's not wrong to be thirsty, but it matters where we go to quench our thirst. Where do you go to drink water for your soul? Some people get it through power and some people get it through position. Others get it through sex and for some religion. Jesus is saying that's like drinking ocean water, expecting it to quench your thirst. One thing I'm learning about myself is that if I think I'll disappoint you, I'll avoid you and I'll isolate myself. It's not that I don't care about you or love you. It's that my self-doubt will cause me to relinquish power to that insecurity. And I will shift from dependence on God to turning inward and dependence on myself. I burn out, lash out, miss out, and back out from what God has entrusted to me. Shame will make you more thirsty and shame will continue to point you to the wrong thing every time. It's not wrong to be thirsty but it matters where we go to quench our thirst. Jesus said, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The gift is his presence. Jesus says, I want to give you my spirit to quench your spirit. When we worship, we worship from a well that never runs dry. No longer do we need to search for a well when we can draw from the well within the Holy Spirit. Your glory, 
Spirit, thank you for your presence, where we are reminded of our purpose, our identity, where you remind us of our, the promises that you give to us. Oh God, would you forgive us for running to the things of this world that will never fulfill our souls. Yeah, if you would, just take a moment and I invite the Holy Spirit to, to fill you this morning. That is our desire, is that God would invade our space. He's welcome here. Isn't he welcome here? As I looked at the passage and I looked at my worship to the Lord through John 4, I seen how Jesus showed up in the conversation. Jesus was never scared. Jesus knows. At the beginning of this conversation, this woman's defensive walls were up. And Jesus asked her a very simple question that deserved a simple answer. Have you ever asked somebody a simple question and you got a very complicated answer back? <laughs> Jesus, all he asked was, may I have a drink? And her response was, how can it be you, a Jew, asking me a Samaritan woman, as if Jesus didn't already know, Samaritan woman for a drink. But what I love about Jesus in this moment is that he was not scared of her label. He was not scared that she was a Samaritan woman, but he already knew. He furthermore in the passage displays his omniscient power by asking her to go and get her husband. And she says, well, I have no husband. He says, I know you have five. You see, what I love about Jesus is not only is he not scared, but he knows everything about this woman, and he is not intimidated by it. And I want to encourage you today to know that Jesus knows everything about you. He knows how many hairs are on your head or how many hairs you don't have, like me. <laughs> he knows what makes you cry at night, what makes you smile in the morning. He knows where you have been and where you are going. He knows what you've done and what you're going to do. 
He knows your yesterday, your today, and your tomorrow. He knows everything about you. And the great thing about Jesus is he's not scared. He knows, and he steps right into your space. He steps into your pain. He steps into your trial. He steps into your label. He steps into your hurt. He steps into your grief. He steps into every situation that you are going through. Church, I want you to know that we serve a God that is not intimidated by your problem, but he'll step right into it. I need somebody to give God a praise for stepping into your space. Y'all gonna make me preach in here. Y'all gonna make me preach. Somebody shout amen if you know that he's stepping. You know, another thing that I loved about Jesus in this moment is that Jesus never misses an appointment. He's never late. Look at your neighbor and say he's never late. He's never late. He'll never miss an appointment. In verse 4, it said Jesus had to go through Samaria. Jesus, on his journey, encounters a woman at a well. Now, this woman probably was on her normal day journey to the well to get water, but little did she know that she was on her way to a divine appointment. Do you need a divine appointment today? I know I need it. Listen, I remember I was sitting with my brothers and we were looking at this scripture and Kobe said, he said, Darius, did you, did you see that Jesus never had a bucket? I said, my God, he didn't have a bucket. And that blessed me. Why did it bless me? Because Jesus showed up to this appointment not intending on making a withdrawal from this woman, but he came so that he could make a deposit. He wanted to show her that he is the living water from the well that never runs dry. His name is Jesus. But how many of us show up to these appointments with Jesus afraid that he's going to take something from us? I don't look at it like he's taking something from me. I look at it like I'm about to trade something. I'm trading my sorrows for joy. I'm trading my pain for healing. I'm trading all these things because I know that what God has for me is better than what I am carrying. Jesus never intended on taking from this woman. He only wanted to make a deposit so that she could experience full life. Jesus is never scared. He knows. Jesus never misses an appointment. And the last thing that I saw about Jesus in this conversation is that he wanted to have a relationship with us. In verse 22 to 24, Jesus says, makes a prophetic declaration, saying that the hour is coming where you will neither, where the Father will be looking for those who will worship me in spirit and in truth. Basically what he was saying was, the hour and the day is coming where neither, you won't have to be black or white, where you won't have to be Jew or Samaritan, where you won't have to follow this law and that law, but I will only come and find you because of the posture of your heart. Because that is really what he's looking for. And I want to encourage you to know that that day is here today. Because over 2,000 years ago, we had a Savior that went to the cross. And he carried all the pains and all the walls and all the divides. And he hung on the cross. And those things were left there. And so that was the invitation to freedom. Yes, it was. It was the invitation where we can come into a space. This space called worship. This space where I'm invited to take off of my mask. This space where I'm invited to give God everything. He's not asking for me to have the greatest voice. 
He's not asking me to have the latest trendy dance. All he's asking of me is to have a pure heart, a heart that is, is worshiping him in spirit and in truth. That's what he's looking for. So many times we enter into the building with all of our walls, wondering if God will accept us. We put on our nice clothes, our Sunday best dress, and our nice hats. And we come thinking, this is what will get God's attention. But God really is not concerned with what you have on. He's only concerned with the posture of your heart. What is the posture of your heart today? I remember back in my college days, I sang a lot and I preached a lot on stage. And I lived this life on Sunday that was amazing. But on Monday and Tuesday, all the way throughout Saturday, I lived a different life. I was going to college parties. I was that guy living two different lives after doing whatever I could and whatever I could get my hand on. And then I would come into his presence and I would come into the gathering of all the believers and I would worship thinking that I had to hide from God. But reality was Jesus already knew and he wasn't scared of me. And he was there to divinely meet me every time. And I remember when I got tired of living this double life and I took that mask off on December the 5th, 2010, and I said, Lord, I can't live a life hiding from you anymore. It was that day that my life changed forever because then I realized that I was invited into this space called freedom. And today, I want to invite you into this space. We want to invite you to this space. This is worship where you can enter into the gates of the Lord with a pure heart before him, with your pains, your griefs, your hurts, your guilt and your shame, your victories, your joys, your families, everything that you hold dear, and you can be honest before him and worship his holy name. Do you believe that, church? <laughs> Jesus is not scared. He knows. He never misses an appointment, and he wants to have relationship with you. My hope is for you today that you would leave this room knowing that God loves you, and he's not scared of what you've been through. He's not scared of the labels. He's not scared of your past, but he wants to enter and open up this space where you can step in and feel free too. My hope for you today is that you feel that hope that you don't leave hopeless, but you look to the hills from which cometh your help. For all your help comes from the Lord. He says if you keep your mind stayed on him, he will keep you in perfect peace. That's the space that he is inviting you into today. In a minute, we're going to sing some songs. We learned a couple weeks ago that sing a song with the truth that we've been learning about is one of the most powerful things because it sticks in our heart. And I want you to know that you have freedom to stand and shout on the top of your lungs. Or you can sit in your chair and you can just reflect and think about what we've been talking about today. We also will have available, some of our prayer team will be up front. And during while we're worshiping, you are free to come down. And if you need prayer because you're finding it hard to take off your mask and connect to this God, we'll be here to pray for you. So would you stand to your feet? And as I pray, our prayer team will come down. And let's engage with the Lord. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for the free invitation, the invitation to freedom. We thank you, Lord, that you laid out a map for us that is very simple, to come to you in spirit and in truth. I thank you for your grace, O oh God, 
and how you made a way. In this moment, would you speak to us? Would you lead us to that place where we can be unveiled, stripped out, right before you? And would you take those heavy burdens, oh God? We give you praise. We give you honor. In Jesus' name.
let's continue to worship him. Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me. Oh, his love for me. Oh, his love for me. Who the sun sets free. Oh, it's free indeed. I'm the child.
Come on, lift up another mighty shout to our God. He has done great things. Greater things are yet to come. I believe that the best is yet to come. God has brought us far, but there's so much more to come. And I'm so excited for this next season of our church. How many of you, how many of you guys are leaving today with something from God today? Leaving filled up. I believe he spoke. His presence was in this place. And can we thank our worship team, our, our staff, our volunteers, our band. And what do you guys think? Should we do this again sometime in the future? Yeah, I think so. I think so. So uh, I'm going to invite Darius and Colby if you guys could just come a little bit closer. And uh, before you guys leave, if you're in need of prayer, our prayer team will be here and they'll be alongside the wall. Please don't leave this place without receiving prayer today if you're in need. And if you're in need of healing today, you go through these doors to your right. There will be some elders who will pray over you for healing. Um, as we pray today for our benediction, I want to pray this prayer of blessing over you that God would continue to meet you where you are in every day of your life. And that it won't be just about you coming to church, but as you leave this place, you would feel his presence. And that God would continue to make this a house of worship and prayer for all nations, that God would make this a bridge-building church for his kingdom. So if you believe that with me, would you just shout a, a, a prayer, a praise right now to our God. Okay. And would you do this? In a posture of receiving from our Heavenly Father, would you actually reach up your hands to be held by him? Father, these are your kids, and we want to be held by you. We want to be close to you, oh God. Thank you that you made the first move. You came to earth, and now you're asking us to hold up our hands daily and say, Father, I need you. I want to be held by you. So, Father, would you bless each person with your presence, with your peace, with your hope, and with a love that never, ever runs dry, oh God. We pray these blessings in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and everybody said, Amen. Go in his peace.